Hello, welcome to some Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about E3, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, we are yet another gaming podcast, nerdy stuff. You get it. E3 is big. The what? What is it like? The Electronic Entertainment Expo is that what yes, it stands for? Yes, those are the three E's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I've lived in LA and I've worked at a game company for a long time, but I still have never gone to. Uh, I've never actually gone to E3. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I was in like middle school, it was my dream to go to E3 at some mm. point. Um, but you know. You can enjoy maybe, most maybe, of it from your couch at home. Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe one, yeah, maybe one day we can get press badges. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, the dream. The dream. dream. <laughs> <coughs> so E3 was this weekend. A lot of stuff came out. You watch, Did you watch... How, how many of the conferences did you watch? So I caught most of them. I missed the beginning part of a, a few of them just because I was like doing something when it started. Um... Uh, and I missed the Square conference and most of the Ubisoft conference, but everything else I, I got a pretty full picture of. Okay. Um, and I also missed, like, some of the Nintendo Treehouse part, but I watched the whole Direct. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking we could go through this conference by conference in chronological order. Yeah, just yeah, because... yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, so in the beginning, on Saturday, um, uh, because E3 gets earlier, because the conference is Monday to Wednesday, um, I think last year Bethesda's was on Friday night. I'm glad they, you know, like that appears to have been stopped. The first one was on Saturday. Um, it was uh, EA, um, and I'm just gonna say it right now. I think EA's was the worst conference. What was the worst Ooh. show of the of the of the conference? Oh boy. Um, you know, tons of looping footage. Um, although I, I think part of that might have been that like the best looking games or like the best showcased games were the sports games, which I tend to not care about so mm. much. Um, you don't have any hope for Anthem? So, I have hope for Anthem, but uh, I don't believe it's going to launch on February 22nd. Um, and I don't understand why this game and Battlefield 5 and Battlefront all had looping footage all yeah. throughout it. Um, and we saw basically no gameplay out of Anthem. Um, and it looks like it's going to be a, like a, a, a Destiny knock. I always thought it was going to be a Warframe knockoff, but it looks like it's going to be a Destiny knockoff. Mm -hmm. Um and I thought there was more room to improve with the uh, with with the Warframe knockoff, just from like a production quality standpoint. Um, but you know, we'll see. I am. Yeah, I I feel I almost feel like they pivoted it or something like in in the last year because we also saw Anthem footage last year of like an actual gameplay demo. Um, and I mean, you know, like the trustworthiness of gameplay demos, kind of like notwithstanding or whatever. Um, oh yeah, I don't believe any of the any any of any of either of them were real but yeah but i but i feel like that was that did look a lot more warframey to me than destiny right yeah. and so um i did I, I do feel like there was something that changed between like what they showed this year and what they showed um last year that i don't know like a mass effect andromeda came out between them right so maybe there's some kind of like crazy pivoting going on, which sucks because like man, if if Anthem is just Mass Effect Andromeda's combat system, right, like pasted, copy pasted onto some different sort of setting, I would be all about that shit. I was having so much fun playing Mass Effect Andromeda, just like the mechanics, um, and uh, uh, I don't know, I I I almost kind of feel like because you know like Andromeda got like memed into like ridicule. Um, that maybe they they stripped everything 
from it that that might have seemed like close to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I I, I think what's possibly more likely is they kind of left it ambiguous how many how many uh, of the like suits whatever I forget what they're calling them in this game, um, uh, but I think that like they left it kind of ambiguous how many there would be. And I kind of assumed there would be a bunch. Maybe they never planned to be a bunch. Or maybe they... Yeah, but there's only, like, what, four? Yeah. Or may maybe they wanted to do a bunch, and then they realized that doing more than four is hard. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I don't actually mind that so much um, in, in a certain sense. Because I do think that, you know... Like, Destiny has three different specs or whatever you know like whatever right. they're called like warlock and three three classes with three, three classes spec with three specs or, or whatever yeah. but the difference between those specs is really like non-existent for me when i was playing destiny 2 um it was very much like 10 percent right at the you know like most of that game is just firing guns it's just shooting yeah. your guns um yeah, yeah very little kind like, of like yeah yeah, interacting with, like, abilities or whatever. But I do think kind of, like, a more sort of something like, you know, uh, Mass Effect where you are blending kind of gunplay and sort of, like, abilities and stuff like that. Um, I think that's kind of, like, the right way to do it. And so, maybe, you know, like, I don't know. I am... Um, I am optimistic. I like Bioware a lot. Bioware is, is a company that has a lot of my that has that has earned my trust i guess but boy oh boy that did not look great <laughs> yeah um and you know what, what what else came out of this conference that we like that's worth talking about um we really got no other detail on battlefield 5 it um, doesn't have loot boxes mango it just has like airlift, airlift. crates or whatever yeah no, so so uh, i i know i posted that but um somebody on one one of the places that i saw it pointed out that um, maybe it's actually not bad. Like, airlifts were a thing going back to like Battlefield Three, where oh, yeah. it's just like it's not a loot box. It's literally a set, a set cosmetic that they release one a week to the premium subscribers. They just haven't oh. come up with what they are yet. Okay, so, that's not so bad. That's yeah, like a yeah. League of Legends kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Essentially, imagine if you had if you paid like Riot a bunch of money and every week they gave you a skin. Um, they just had, and they knew everybody got the same skin, uh, but you, they just didn't know what it was now when they were selling, mm -hmm. selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, so if, if that is true, then it is not so bad. Um, it just looks really funny. Um, but we'll see. Um, Battlefront 2, all sa same problems, a lot of looping footage. I wonder how much of this was like. I mean, but it's been so, like, you know, part of me wants to say, like, maybe they had to, like, backpedal real fast when they realized they couldn't, like, do microtransactions and shoot themselves, and not shoot themselves in the foot. Um, but they've had a long time since, like, that impact happened, so I, I kind of doubt that. Um, or maybe they just wanted to spend all their time and money on FIFA and Madden. Yeah, I mean, I have absolutely zero faith in anything Battlefront-related, which sucks, because I really loved the original two Battlefront games. Uh, but I do think adding the Clone Wars is neat. Um, maybe, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. Maybe that is maybe that is a cool uh, a cool thing. Who knows? Um. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know if I have anything else I wanted to talk about. about oh, did you now. see Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, the respawn game? Oh, you mean the thing that they... That, so, of all of the nothing announcements... Yeah. 
at this conference, like at E3, there were a bunch of them, but this was the most nothing, right? Like at least, like we'll get into a little bit, but Elder Scrolls Six got like a pretty landscape shot. They literally talked to like the head dev in a chair in the audience. Um, and that was like the entirety of, of the reveal, quote unquote, yeah, for this yeah, fucking yeah. thing. Um, but you know, I guess there's a thing and I guess you use a lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> yeah. E3 seemed to be a pretty big bust for everybody. I don't know that anyone walked away from that E3 conference thinking that, the what the second biggest pub the second biggest publisher in games is having a good time. I feel like they're it's a little rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, be, to be to be them right now. To be yeah yeah yeah. But uh, moving on, the, the next conference was um, Xbox the next morning, um, and I actually, in contrast, thought uh, Microsoft had the best conference of or the best show of the conference. Right. Um, I think you could argue, you know, maybe Sony had a better one. Um, because they, they, they went really, Sony went really in depth on a few titles, but there was just so much at Microsoft's. Yeah, it was like 50 fucking games. They just yeah. kept announcing things. They started uh, this last year and they were like, no more bullshit, just games. And it, like Phil Spencer's like a, like a, a full VP at this point. And so like Xbox is getting its due in Microsoft. So things that I think are looking up for Microsoft gaming, I'll call it, um, uh, I think for you and me, one of the benefits is that everything coming out on Xbox is coming out on PC. Yeah, I, that uh, is my favorite. That's that is. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, to be honest, I literally watched zero things from the Sony tra- from the Sony conference because I'm like, I don't have a fucking PS4. There is a like sub zero chance I'm getting a PS4 anytime in like the next two years. Um, so why would I even bother, right? But like as a as an avid PC gamer, obviously. Um, you know, anything that they announced at the S- Xbox conference, I also feel is, you know, a taint, you know, like that's something that I can go out and, and, uh, and get for myself or whatever. And I also feel pretty good about like Microsoft. I mean, like Sea of Thieves and everything kind of, I guess, like introduced me to like the Xbox panel and all that stuff. And it was like kind of wonky and like shitty to figure out. But in a way, I also think that it was kind of like the, the hook that, that, fished me out of the water in a certain sense like now that i have a good understanding of how the systems work i feel like i I could have an easier time you know what i mean like if we all bought the division and and used it or whatever through or well i guess we would have to do something like gears of war right like if we all bought gears of war 5 and played together on co-op through the the xbox app i feel like i would have a good handle on that so yeah i don't know i feel like microsoft is uh is on an upswing yeah um oh um so talking about gears reminded me of Gear Pops, which was like my favorite announcements for sheer hilarity factor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, which is a mobile game, but that reminded me that I wanted to call out EA for their other fuck up, which was rebirthing Command and Conquer as a mobile series with like a shitty shout casted live match with the most boring gameplay I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you saw that or not, but I don't know. I I I don't believe in mobile games basically anymore. Um, really, not at all. I actually felt like this this conference had at least something for for mobile games, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, get, get, getting back to Microsoft, um, there was a, there were like three Gears announcements, right? There yeah. Was... So Gears of War Five, um, which I think had already been announced or whatever, and then there's the Funko Pop game, and, and then, then the one that the I XCOM, really like. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and then they have like Gears 
tactics. Um, Gears XCOM. Let's just call it Gears XCOM. It is just Gears XCOM. But I think that's a really cool thing, right? And I think that's, um, you know, I feel like those two XCOM games and, like, their expansions that have come out of 2K games, right? Like, I, I feel like it makes a lot of sense that if I'm somebody at Microsoft or whatever, I'm looking at the success of the XCOM franchise um, and kind of watching people go, uh, you know, like, apeshit for this and say, you know what, maybe there's something here that we can get in on. Right. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, uh, you know, uh, Rabbids, the the rab the Rabbids tactics game, the the Mario Kingdom Rabbids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, and I like the idea that there that there's kind of an expansion of of kind of like mechanics and genre coming with, um, uh, you know, like coming with the development of like new product. Because like, so if you if you put this up next to the EA conference, they announced like five projects, and four of them are shooters. You know what I mean? And it's like okay, you have sports games and you have shooters, but there really isn't any more diversity. There's no strategy games, right? There really isn't an RPG. There's no Dragon Age 4 announcement or anything kind of along those lines. Um, and so um, I feel like in a world where we're watching EA kind of zoom in and get narrower and more myopic, um, we're like on the opposite end of the spectrum. You have guys like at Microsoft that are like, hey, listen, you know, we'll do Gears Five and we'll do Halo Infinite, but this is another neat idea that we can uh, that we can put out there. Yeah, Halo Infinite was another nothing announcement. Um, the biggest thing there was apparently they're returning to the older art style, which has all the Halo fanboys all all, all nice and moist. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I have I don't know. I like Halo, but not enough that I care. Um, about this, Do you, like I've got fond memories of playing Halo, like Land, as like a teenager. But I don't know. How, how do you feel about Halo Infinite? I like. I actually like Halo quite a bit. I think Halo is uh, is an important game in kind of like sort of in like the Star Wars sense that I talk about, like something being like iconic because it kind of like changed the game. I feel like that's what Halo did. Halo was really kind of like iconic game. Um, I'm sure it doesn't age well like that or like Halo Two. I haven't played like the Master Chief Collection or anything along those sorts of lines. Um, Apparently, but I, the Master but like, Chief Collection is a garbage fire. Yeah, so. yeah. But you know, like I, I have always felt that the you know, kind of Halo is was an important step in shooters, right? You kind right. of had like Doom into Quake into Halo into like maybe Modern Warfare was like the next like big big yeah, shake up. I, I think for I think the only thing you're missing in there is maybe Goldeneye, um, in terms of console shooters. But uh, oh yeah 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 that's fair. Goldeneye was. Uh, yeah. But but you're absolutely right. It is a fundamental a game. It was I think the it was the first shooter system seller. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think that it really pioneered a lot of how we think about multiplayer games, you know what I mean? Like lobbies yeah. and matchmaking, right? All of that stuff. Um I feel like it brought that I mean that stuff existed in PCs obviously, but it brought it down to uh to consoles and xbox live and everything like that so i i i appreciate what halo has done kind of in like a historical sense um but i also think you know like i think halo 1 and 2 were pretty good stories i actually like halo 1 quite a bit uh from like a story perspective um and part of my sort of conspiracy theory as to why halo the franchise was so successful was because that first game had a legitimately good story mode um that kind of like hooked in people and got and kind of transitioned, you know, like it, it, it like transitioned people from thinking about these things as kind of single player to thinking about these kinds of things as like multiplayer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, or like aided in that transition kind of thing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, 
that's 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 my that's my thought about Halo. I haven't played any of the newer Halo. Oh, I played Halo Four, which was three four three, yeah. like when when Bungie uh, dropped it. Um, so you know, it's fine. It's 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 whatever. Yeah. Um. So surprise thing, um, out of the Microsoft conference, uh, for me at least was uh, uh, the Forza game. I didn't think I was going to care about Forza because I don't like racing games, but I don't know how it did it, but the fucking Forza made me care about this fucking racing game. Like, the trailer is fucking beautiful. <laughs> it looks really neat. I don't know if I'm if, if I'm actually going to get it because it's, like, a type of game that I will be like, that looks amazing, yeah. buy it, play it for five minutes and be like, well, it's driving cars. I don't give a shit. Um, but, like, there's part of me that really wants, like, a steering wheel and some pedals and like a fake gearbox and like a VR headset and just to like pretend like I'm driving around and being being a crazy uh, crazy person. Um, also, a fucking deadpan right in the middle of it. A little speech bubble pops up and one of the cars says "Wanna drift." And, like, they just keep talking about, like, the, the weather feature. But, like, there's just, like, these five cars, like, drifting in unison on the screen. It's a, it's, it's fucking, like, deadpan amazing. I, I, I thought it was, I, I was highly amused. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on Jump Force? The, oh. uh, the Shonen Jump, like, I guess Smash Brothers uh, it's, kind I think, of arena fighter. I, I don't know if it counts, if it's more like Smash Brothers. It seems more like, uh... It's Smash Brothers in the sense it's like all these different franchises. Okay, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I was like... Do you want to see who win between Naruto and Goku, Mango? <laughs> so, honestly, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Until, like, the stinger where they showed fucking, uh, Light and Ryuk from Death Note. I was like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be that kind of game. All right, maybe I'm in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not super super hype on board for for that. Um, but I am super hype on board for fucking uh, Sekiro, the uh, the uh, the From Software game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looks like it'll be Dark Souls esque, maybe um, a lot faster. Um, apparently, there's no uh, there's no loot. This is all stuff that people have like. Pulled from like the Japanese site or whatever, um, but like right. it, it's not like there's there's no skill ups and there's no looting, so it's 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 less soulsy in that aspect. But it looks like it has a lot of the same kind of like deliberateness of combat. Um, and from software makes great games, uh, so I'm super pumped for that. Uh, that fucking bone uh, grappling hook arm looks fucking oh, fantastic. Uh, and you know, like the art, the art style is pretty cool too. I don't know. I, I, I that that was that was one of the highlights for me. Um, yeah. Uh, what else was what is in this conference? There was Crackdown Three. That's kind of whatever for me. Terry Crews is cool, but whatever. Yeah, uh, I played the first Crackdown, which was a lot of fun, uh, but I don't really have anything else to say about it. Yeah. Um. um is this the one where they released the Kingdom Hearts 3 release date? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but Kingdom Hearts is definitely in there. Yes, so you know what? They released They released the release date at the Square Enix conference the next day. Uh, I remember this because they showed it, and I was like, this game looks stupid because this game always... I don't know. I uh, The fanboys are going to hate, but I think Kingdom Hearts looks... Like, Kingdom Hearts... I, I, I am of the opinion that Kingdom Hearts has always been stupid. Um... 
Oh, so you're just of the wrong opinion then? <laughs> oh, are you, are you a Kingdom Hearts I, fanboy? I'm not. I'm not like a Kingdom Hearts fanboy. Like I haven't played like fucking. Um, God, what are what are uh, like the like the two hundred and sixty eight days and a half or something like yeah, exactly. you know like all of like the Game Boy Advance spinoffs and shit like that. I haven't played any of that stuff. Um, but I did play Kingdom Hearts 1, and I thought it was great, and I played some of Kingdom Hearts 2, though I don't know that I ever beat Kingdom Hearts 2, um, but, like, I think Kingdom Hearts is a legitimate game, it's a legitimate franchise, and I'm sure Kingdom Hearts 3 will be great. Oh, so I'm, I am not talking to the gameplay, which I'm sure is whatever the fuck it is. I'm talking to the story, because it's the only story in games that's more convoluted than Metal Gear Solid, and it has, like, this... This, this top layer of stupid that's also it's fucking Disney characters so you know um, and it's like <laughs> the obvious- first story worked really well I don't know what to tell you like- you know what I'm sure I'm sure the first story was fine cause um, you know the, the the game director which who seems like one of the few games industry actors didn't have enough time to get up his own ass in the first game it seemed mm. relatively straightforward from what I understand of it but like once you start getting into like like it's like dumb plot contrivances combined with like really shitty like dialogue meant for children. Roxas lives on in my heart. Like I I just I I cannot wait. Yeah, to- I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's a certain part of this that is like nostalgia for me. Like I played yeah. this game when I was like 12 or 13 or whatever. I have not played it since. So if I were to go out buy a PlayStation 2 and play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, maybe I would look at it a little bit differently. Uh, but I have very fond memories of the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, so, you know, yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3 is, sure. uh... I, I think my, 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 my biggest kind of annoyance is, like, it's been 10 years since Kingdom Hearts 2, so you have a bunch of 20-somethings being like, and it's going to bring peace to the world, and Disney is my favorite, and I love Sora! Yeah, if there's <laughs> anything that actually bothers me a lot about Kingdom Hearts 3, it's how much Disney is, like, shilling through it. You know, like, like one of the nice things about the original Kingdom Hearts is that there's, like, a lot of, like, classics in there, right? Like, Alice in Wonderland World, right? Um, or whatever. Like, yeah, like, there was some new stuff because there was, like, Tarzan, you know, like, and there was the Pirates of the Caribbean World in the second one, right? Um, but, like, I don't know. It felt like a, it felt like a much deeper kind of, um, I guess, like, love letter to itself. But everything that they've announced about Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like, Disney's big, huge franchises... Right, like Frozen, you know, Wreck-It Ralph. Um, uh, they just, like, it's all the recent shit. Yeah. And I feel like that's just because Disney's like, well, you know, people aren't going to go, you know, like, we've already sold enough copies of fucking Cinderella, right? We need to get people hyped for Frozen 2, you know? And I, and if there's any part of the Kingdom Hearts 3 hype train that has me a little skeptical, it's that aspect to it. Yeah, so the, the, the thing that really did it for me was the... Um the uh what's it called the the super moves that are from like the fucking disney world light parade is like is like come to disney world come spend your money at disney world uh like it just uh that was just like what the what what am i watching Um, yeah i have i have a feeling that like as disney has kind of risen as like the cultural behemoth that it is that they have been able to kind of extract more and more demands out of square enix to get the uh um, to kind of, like, get the rights, you know what I mean? Like, to be able to license these, like, huge characters and stuff like that. Because, like, if you remember back to when the original Kingdom Hearts came out, Disney was, like, Disney was, like, a thing, and it was, like, a, you know, like, a part of, like, the culture and everything like that, but it was not, like, you know, on, on top of its game. Disney was getting trounced, like, year over year all the time um, by stuff like, 
you know, Sony with the Spider-Man movies, right? Or, um, you know, like the Harry Potter movies, which are coming out of Warner Brothers at the time, right? And so, like, the, the world in which we live now, where Disney is, like, you know, always king of the box office and is making, you know, billions and billions of dollars off of, like, Avengers and Star Wars every year is a very different beast than the Disney that we knew when, when Kingdom Hearts was first around in, like, 2003, yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's that's absolutely fair. Um, but anyway, what else came out of this? Um, DMC. That's what I'm super fucking super fucking hyped for. I have no understanding of Devil May Cry, so yeah. I mean, it looks really cool. Um, and I actually I I haven't really played any of the games extensively, but I have them on Steam, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go play them at mm. some point before the game comes out. Um, uh. What else? Um, but, like, that game, like, it was hype. Basically, this has been, like, one of the worst kept... Like, of all the games that have been leaked, this has been one of the worst kept ones for a long time. Um, like, people have been saying that this game should have been announced, like, like two press conferences ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally got around to it, and it looks hype. Um, and the game's super stylish, so I'm super excited for it. Um, and it was just kind of, like, a cool thing to see. Uh, especially because it's Nero... Um, and then you get old the stinger with old man Dante. That looks cool. Um, but the last thing we should probably talk about, which was the last thing at the conference, is they go to to cl- wrap up the conference and they do like a fake like, oh, what's happening? And like someone quote unquote hacks the conference and it's a Cyberpunk's 2077 trailer. Um, and I am hype as fuck for that game. Um, and this trailer did like just made me more hype. Um, I do not believe that any of any of whatever we saw was real. Um, but it looks really cool. Oh, really? Um, it, it did look a little in-engine. Um, and this is one of the things that I like about in my diehard fandom of, like, the Total War series, is that they're very explicit about what is cinematic and what is in-engine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and there was some stuff in here that I was like, well, wait, is that in the engine or is that just cinematic? Um, so, so I could believe that this is in-engine, but I don't necessarily believe it's in-engine, say, running on an Xbox, right? Like, it could be in-engine running on, like their their top computer that is oh yeah yeah okay yeah i feel that i i don't think all, i mean i don't think all of it is an engine i just think that some of the pe- like they do this kind of like montage at the end where they just kind of like are showing you like little snippets like a bunch of cops like kicking the shit out of like criminals or something like yeah, that yeah. sort of thing and i thought that stuff i was like that that looks real to me that looks like real kind of um you know gameplay i guess um but um yeah, I, I have never played any of these Witcher games, so just kind of through cultural osmosis, I have a good opinion of CD Projekt Red. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely super on board with, with whatever Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 turns out to be. Yeah, no, it's uh, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, neat. Um, but that was the last thing for this conference. I didn't have anything else I want to talk about from Microsoft. Did you? No. All right. Moving on. Next one was Bethesda. Our boy Todd Coward comes out on stage. Uh, well, he didn't come out on stage initially. It was Pete Hines who thanked Walmart Canada for announcing Rage 2. Um, my favorite part of the Rage 2 announcement was Andrew WK going on stage and giving a live uh, a live performance of the song and all the nerds in the audience not giving a shit. Like, very clearly not giving a shit that uh, about who the fuck Andrew WK was. Um, some dev was really happy that they got w- Andrew WK, but uh, I don't think anybody else cared. Um, what else about that game? Um, it, that game actually looks neat. 
like I was more excited for it than I would have been otherwise. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It looks like a it looks like a vaguely Borderlands esque or Mad Max is maybe a better way to put it. Mad Max esque uh, uh, type of game. Maybe I'll pick it up. But it's uh, it looked neat. Uh, I also thought the editing was really cool. Where like they did like smat jump cuts in the middle of like like while he was like doing things, he'd like transition to a different scenes. You got like more of a vertical slice. Um, no, I thought that was cool. Did, did you watch? Did you? How much of this conference did you watch? Uh, I watched the announcement trailers for um, uh, the Fallout, uh, Fallout seventy or whatever, yeah, Fallout seventy six, and uh, and of course the. It's not even a trailer. Like, what the fuck is that? Like a teaser? I don't know the terminology for fucking um, the Elder Scrolls Six. I have found the like you know like the meme where the guy is with his girlfriend, but he's like looking over his shoulder, and there's <laughs> there's like a meme at the top of our game yeah. that was like the guy and he's holding hands with Fallout seventy six, but he's just looking over his shoulder at Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, that's yeah. me. I I found Fallout Six to be or Fallout seventy six to be very. You know, I don't know, man, maybe I'll get it, like, you know, like, maybe I'll get it in, like, a flurry, in the same way that I bought, like, Vermintide, you know, like, we haven't played all that much Vermintide, but it just kind of, like, looked cool, and we were all gonna get it and play it together, so I bought it sort of thing, um, <clears throat> I could maybe see myself do something like that with Fallout 76, but based on what I saw, it was just kind of, like, you know, I have, I, it's just, that's just not what I'm looking for, but man, dude, Elder Scrolls 6, I did not real. I, like, I always knew that I was hyped for, for a continuation of the Elder Scrolls series, like, I, you know, I'm on record on the podcast that Skyrim is one of the greatest games of all time, um, but, uh, uh, holy shit, it just feels like it's been so long since I've, even though Fallout, Fallout 4 was, like, three years ago. I guess it just never quite, like, scratched that itch in the way that I wanted it to. Um, and so I felt, like, super thirsty. Super thirsty for Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, I mean... Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield were, like, so nothing that I can't care. Right? It's like, we're working on Elder Scrolls 6. My response was, well, no shit. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know... Oh, and the other thing I want to talk about was the mobile game, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, Blades, which I was like... This is, this is kind of neat, you know. Like this is something I could maybe sort of get on board with. Uh, like right now, my mobile game is basically defined by Hearthstone. Like when I'm when I'm gaming on mobile, I'm gaming Hearthstone. Um, but you know, uh, uh, like a like a cool real f RPG experience on a phone. Yeah, sure, why not? You know, like these things have more processing power than like you know the Xbox, PS2 era of consoles did. So I don't see why not. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just not into the in, into the, the the action games on phones thing. Um, it just feels like the controls are too finicky for my liking. Um, so I found it hard to care about Blades. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I did want to talk about Fallout 76 a little bit because, um, as much as I I see your kind of like hesitance, I am. I am except. What's the way I put it? It looks like a grand experiment, and if that experiment goes well, I think it's going to be awesome. But there are some very real problems that I'm sure they have some answers to. If those answers are good, you know, like, like if it can deliver on kind of like the dozens, not thousands promise, which is kind of what I wanted out of Destiny, the first one, which didn't deliver, um, I could be really into Fallout 76. Like, the kind of, like, community building aspect, but... I feel like it's going to be really hard to do if, if, if everybody's drop in, drop out all the time. 
there's just too many questions I still have unanswered about that game. But I am cautiously optimistic because it looks like it looks like it's got a lot of potential. Um, and I'm not talking about in terms of like the same way that like Fallout 4 or Skyrim were like. Like I'm not interested in in Fallout 76 for the same reason I'm interest I was interested in Skyrim. I'm mm-hmm. interested in it for this kind of like new emergent gameplay, all players, um, you know, multiplayer survivalist element um, that I think could be really really neat. Um, you know, that's another genre that like you know Rust kind of did it, but I'm interested in a AAA take that is by design going to be a bit more a bit softer. Than like the kind of intensity of rust, right? Like you know the, the yeah yeah um yeah I I do um I guess I see that I am um, I don't know why I'm so skeptical but I'm just skeptical uh, yeah and you know, I guess I think you know I really think at the end of the day it's because what they have done is they have taken a game that has been sorted very like I talk a lot about the two different kinds of games that I play kind of like limited experience but like. Um, you know, like immersive games, right? Like Total War Warhammer is a good example of this, right? It's not a game I play with anybody else, really. It's a game that I play by myself, but it's very immersive, and I can get, like, really hardcore into it, right? Um, and and then games like WoW, right? Or, or Diablo, or Hearthstone, or League of Legends, right? Like, which are the kind of more social sort of games that are, um, that are, have, like, a longer shelf life, you know? Like, I've been playing WoW for two years straight, um, basically, but, um... They're also kind of, like, not as... Like, if WoW was the only game I was playing, right, and I didn't have the opportunity to, like, you know, turn on a movie or, or listen to a podcast while I was, like, doing World Quest or whatever, I would like it a lot less. And I feel like what, what Fallout 76 did was Fallout 76 planted itself firmly in that WoW camp, but I don't feel like I could... Um, I could get into it in that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, <clears throat> so... Uh. Uh, but you know, like I, I like I, I, I think the way to get out of that would be if it became like a like a kind of multiplayer experience that like the group of us all got got into in a certain way. Like um, I am intrigued. They said something about like building settlements or whatever. Like we can build our own outposts, which kind of had me thinking. Like, well, I, I, I'm very, I don't understand how that works or how that could work um, in a in a in a world where there are like server, you know what I mean? Do we, do we all cho- have to choose the same server? I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions the, and the answers to those questions will kind of determine whether or not I look at Fallout 76 and I say, you know what? This is not for me. Or I look at it and I say, all right, let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah. No, I, I was, I, I was actually talking through this with uh, friend of the cash Charles last night. Like there are so many aspects of this that are like, if you do drop in, how do you do it? Where like, you know, if, you know, the very simple question of Charles builds a house at point X, Y mango also builds a house at point X, Y mango joins Charles game. What happens to house? Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly what I mean. And, and I, and so that's the part that I am confused by and they might have a good answer to this, right? Yeah. Uh, But they might have a, I I, like, like, like I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, you, this, this question is so obvious to everybody who takes half a second and thinks about it. They must have an answer for it. Um, my guess at this point is that um, if you are manually joining someone's game, maybe, like, you just prefer the person you're joining's game. Um, and, like, maybe for random drop-ins, you can kind of be like, well, if, you know, like, we only fill in with people who don't have things at X, Y, or whatever. Um, 
Um, I don't know. I, I got I, Charles. And I got into a long discussion of like going down the rabbit hole of like, well, what if you put a traffic cone every fifty feet so that you can never spawn in with anybody else, right? Like you know. Um, but uh, ultimately, they've got to answer that question, and they've got to answer it in a way that isn't like, lol. Uh, sometimes your house doesn't exist, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that if that kind of thing happens, I feel like I will just like instantly check yeah, out. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, um, those were the big announcements. The uh, the other big thing out of the Fallout seventy six, or not the Fallout, the um, or the the other announcement was there's like a new Wolfenstein either standalone DLC. It's 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 a new Wolfenstein thing. I don't, I don't know. I'm not big into the Wolfenstein games, so I didn't care that much. Mm -hmm. um, Quake Champions. They talked about they talked about the Quake Champions, and uh, I downloaded it. I don't know if I'll ever actually play it. But it's like, you, you can download it this week. So I was like, why the hell not? Yeah. Um, what else is there? Elder Scrolls Online. I actually went and Googled, is Elder Scrolls Online good after watching it? I don't know if I've got enough time to, like, care about an MMO, especially, you know, if, if I'm playing WoW. Um, but I don't know. There was, there was a lot of, like, oh, and then they talked about Elder Scrolls Hearthstone, which I, I think that literally no one cares about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yep. <sighs> I agree with you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was basically the Bethesda conference. Oh, um, uh, honorable mention goes to the great, did you see the fucking, uh, the, uh, the, the Skyrim on Alexa video? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was the great way to fucking own it. Todd Howard, you know, you know exactly what the fuck's happening. Um, and it was, I, I'm. Not only am I happy that they did that, but they also clearly were like, we're going to commit to this joke, and they spent some money, they got key from Key and Peel, and they had some high production value on that video, so, you know, I am I am uh, very happy with, uh, you know, I, it just kind of made me smile. Um, speaking of things that made me smile, the next conference, uh, which is not on this list that, that you and I are looking at, was the Devolver Conference um, uh, that night. Um, which, uh, like last year, was mostly not informative about games, but was hilarious to watch. Um, I don't know. Did, did you watch the Devolver Conference at all? Uh, I did not. I um, remember watching it last year. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I would, what was the what was the joke this year? Most of this, it was kind of like a continuation. And in fact, they have a hook at the end for like you know, tune in next year for like the continuation of the storyline. Um, like they have somebody different out front. Uh, like like trying to like do like the pitch and then mm -hmm. Nina Struthers the, uh, the 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 woman from last year comes up behind him and like snaps his neck um, in very kind of uh, uh, devolver fashion uh, it was it was pretty funny they uh, they gave a little bit more detail on scum which is a game I'm excited for they did a release trailer or not a release trailer but like a, like a first trailer for um, I think it's called my friend Pedro which is like a ballet shooter is the best way for me to put it it's like you play like a dude and you do pirouettes and you shoot a bunch of people and it looks really cool it's like a side side view game um what else did you they announced loot box coin which is uh you know typical uh devolver snarkiness it is combines loot boxes with cryptocurrency and that they will sell you a plastic coin that is worth nothing and the value fluctuates every hour on the hour um it has gone from like 75 to 300 dollars while i've been lo looking at it and it's literally just like a coin that is entitles you to nothing and they're like i don't know. i highly recommend watching the, the 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 watching that it was my favorite for the laughs um and because it's kind of just like a a parody it is very much like a, a parody shining a light on like 
what ridiculousness E3 is. Um, and so and it's a lot of fun. So uh, I say uh, go watch it. Um, but uh, like I said, not a ton of actual games news in there. Oh, biggest uh, probably games news for, for, for normal people that care is they announced a re-release of fucking Metal Wolf Chaos, um, which is well known for being over the fucking top. Um, you know, like, it's it's the one where the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States are fighting in mechs. Fighting right, right, each right. Other. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> along with the, the hashtag Mech America Great Again, uh, I highly recommend, like, like I said, it was, it was good times had by all. I say uh, go watch it, but uh, ultimately not a lot of news there. Next day was Monday, and we opened with, uh, actually, uh, your uh, your company, uh, Square Enix. Um, which yeah, I did not um, see a lot of. so you didn't see the Square Enix conference, um, but I guess I feel like, so uh, you know, like we already talked about Kingdom Hearts. Was, yeah. Just Cause 4, do you have any feels about Just Cause? Uh, not really. I actually really like the Just Cause series. Um, I've played Just Cause 1 and 2, but I haven't played Just Cause 3, even though it came out and I own a copy of it. Um, just because it is the, uh, like, it is the epitome of kind of, like, Grand Theft Auto fun in a lot of ways. Um, where, you know, it's a it's a crazy world and you just go out there and you create fucking, like, mayhem. Or also, like, Far Cry is a little bit like this, but, like, it doesn't take itself as seriously as Far Cry does. It's just, like... You, you know, do you remember those, like, James Bond movies, like, action movies from, like, the 70s and 80s? It's just that. That's the game. Yeah. Um, My favorite thing about Just Cause is you can make dumb jokes like, why'd they make this game? Oh, uh, Just Cause. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Yahtzee bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I will have you know I was making that joke before Yahtzee made it. Uh, he stole my, no, no, he didn't steal my jokes. I just, I just enjoy the joke a lot. Um, oh, what else? Oh, there was that Babylon thing, which was another non-announcement trailer, but it got yeah. me intrigued because it's platinum and I think platinum's pretty cool. Uh, Babylon's fall. Uh, but, uh. Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. It's like a Life is Strange thing. Dragon yeah. Quest Eleven. I have never played any Dragon Quest games ever. Um, you know, uh, uh, to, there's like a Tomb Raider trailer. Yeah, there's another. There's more things for Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, a Monster Hunter World crossover. Right, that's that. right. Yeah, um, that is probably going to be cool. I'm excited. For, I'm excited yeah. for Monster Hunter World to come out on PC. Me um, too. <laughs> it's basically, what that that did for me. Yeah. So uh, up next on the uh, conferences was uh, was Ubisoft. Um, which I didn't catch a ton of, but I saw like the Odyssey trailer. I went back and watched the Skull and Bones trailer because that game looks neat. Uh, yeah, no, that that was actually kind of the big surprise out of the, um, out of the Ubisoft conference for me was watching the the Skull and Bones trailer. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. That game looks really cool. Looks like it could have a lot of the, kind of the stuff that maybe Sea of Thieves is missing. It's also not like co-op in the same way, but I think it'll scratch a similar but different itch um yeah i have a feeling that it is um that it seems to be just ships yeah and i don't know if they plan on implementing kind of like ground stuff like swashbuckling sort of stuff um at all but it also doesn't look like it's uh like it doesn't look like you play a character it looks like you play a ship yeah 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 that's exactly what yeah so, in a way, it's almost like it's more like Eve than something like Sea of Thieves is. 
Um, um I don't know if I'd go there just because, like, Eve. That's Eve, true. I mean, that is Eve. Brings... You also play a person, uh, but you know, whatever. Like it, it, it'll. It, it looks like it'll be neat. Um, I'm sure I'll be sure to keep my eye on that one. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on on Ubisoft. Uh, they announced an expansion I, yeah, for I did, Rabbids. I did like the Assassin's Creed stuff that I saw. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I liked what I saw of Assassin's Creed Origins, and like, uh, and I was thinking about getting it, but like, maybe I don't know. Like, maybe I make my grand reintroduction to the Assassin's Creed franchise with with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oof. Ancient Greece is neat. You get to tool around with fucking like Socrates and shit. I'm down for that. Yeah. Um. Although, like, part of me was like, like, oh, look at these assassins kicking people in the chests, like assassins do. Um. You know. Yeah. Like, see, that's also part of it is that it's so obviously like inspired by like 300. Yeah. There's like 10 300 references mm. in this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and guess what? King Leonidas. Like, I think he like wields the blade of Leonidas or something, right? Like, yeah. 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 No, I yeah. mean, like, I, I, I don't know what it is about like that short sword design, but I love that short sword design. Hey, what well, you, you know what? What King Leonidas wasn't. A fucking assassin. He was this king that screamed at people. Like, <laughs> um, nothing that bothers me too much. Just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess this, this is, this is what the series is now. Um, the only other big thing was uh, they announced a bunch of For Honor stuff. They announced a new faction. Um, I didn't see a ton of it, but uh, you know, I'd be, I could be convinced to go back and look at that game again because it's a neat game. It just like was not tactically deep enough i guess to really uh hook me but uh, yeah i mean i missed out on it so yeah. um i think it's actually free this week to download if you download it through the ubisoft store um so you know go download the ubisoft launcher buddy yeah maybe <laughs> um but i think you actually get to keep it so it might actually be worth it um but i don't know um Oh, but that was basically all of Ubisoft. I don't know if I have any anything else to care about for that one. Uh, do you? Nope. Um, next up is the uh, the PC gaming show. Oh, this one is actually very cool. Um, uh, the the PC gaming show just like it showcased like a bunch of PC games. Um, that and it was and it was hosted by Day Nine. Do you know who Day Nine is? Yeah, of course I know who fucking Day Nine is. Okay, well I wasn't sure. Uh, his name is uh, Sean Platt. Thank you. He is an industry professional. Is, the, is his name Sean Platt? Yeah, I know him for yeah. Hearthstone because he streams Hearthstone. Um, I uh, mean, he, he got his origins as a StarCraft Two streamer. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, a lot of those Hearthstone like like Trump was a was a yeah. StarCraft Two streamer, and now um, he's the president. Um, <laughs> uh, different Trump. Just I, I just I couldn't couldn't resist the joke. Uh, but so but so they they announced a bunch of games. Uh, the coolest one was uh, Satisfactory. Factory, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Factorio meets like Minecraft, I guess, because like you are in the first person and you're like running around and creating your factory. But like I don't know, I just saw that and I was like immediately on fucking board. Like this is gonna be my kind of game, dude. Yeah. Like, no, I I looked at it and I was like, is this like like Factorio too? Um, cause it looked like it could have been like, I, I, I would actually be super down to play that co-op with a bunch of people. Um, Mavericks is a 400 player battle Royale game, um, uh, which is probably the most notable of like, there were actually less battle Royale games announced than I thought there were going to be. Um, mm -hmm. battlefield five got a battle Royale mode announced. And then like, they had like a couple like quick shots of like Isle of the nine or whatever. 
Um, but, you know, looks like it could be neat. And PUBG is getting the, uh, like, the winter map or whatever. Yeah, snow yeah, map. this December. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, Maver Maverick looked interesting. The cool thing about Maverick is that people leave permanent tracks. So, like, you can follow tracks yeah, yeah. to kind of track people down. Which I feel like, just in and of itself, if it's, like, a significant enough piece of gameplay, is, like, revolutionary. You know what I mean? Because it adds this whole, like, hunter kind of feel to the game, and it's much less random. Yeah. Um, although I wonder how, how well you can manipulate kind of stuff like that, because I feel like you kind of have to, like, you have to be able to manipulate it in some way in order for it to, in, in order for the game to be fully realized. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll, you mean, we'll like, see. I should be able to erase my own tracks? Right, but, like, it takes some significant amount of time, so you can't just, you know, like, you can't just run with, like, a with like it constantly racing behind you or whatever, but if like you you wanted to 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 camp out somewhere, you could you could erase the tracks with enough uh, effort. Um, oh, so oh, I see. Like if there there were tracks up to like a door or something like yeah. that, you could get rid of the tracks to the door. And make yeah, them think it's un. That's neat. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like it would be a terrain thing, right? Like you want you would do something like you know that you wouldn't leave tracks on concrete yeah, or on yeah. pavement or whatever, so like roads would get some use. And, like, you could, you know what I mean? Like, you enter a road from one side, and then you, like, walk down a bit, and then you exit it or whatever to kind of, like, yeah, yeah, lose yeah. the trail or whatever. But even just, like, talking about some of these, like, options from, like, a tactical perspective already, like, has me... Yeah, no, that, that makes that makes a ton of sense, right? Like, it's like, do we risk running down the roads so that we cover our tracks? But, like, everybody knows that's where you go to, like, lose your tracks. So, um, that could be, that, that could be really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, but we'll have to see. Um, I would also like to highlight that it was sponsored by Drake's Cakes, and they had a fucking Drake's Cakes mascot on the balcony with the, the female host, who I'm not familiar with. Um, uh, and I thought that was fucking, like, you know, like, oh, PC gaming show. Every year you come close to being a real show, and then something dumb like this happens. Because um, I, I feel like the PC gaming show, because it's not like a, a an individual show like it's not like got like huge corporate sponsorship from one of the shows it's always kind of like like half to three quarters of a real show mm -hmm. um but you know i think the mavericks and satisfactory were probably my two biggest takeaways from the pc gaming show well so the other big takeaway from the pc gaming show that i'm excited about is drum roll please overkills the walking dead uh, Overkill is the is the developer behind the Payday series, so obviously I'm into a zombie shooter um, that they that they kind of set up, uh, but it's a little bit more role playing um, than than Payday Two is, uh, and I'm and I'm very interested to kind of like see what they like come out the other side with. I I like these kinds of games. I mean, like Vermintide is the exact same kind of like game. These kinds of like co op sort of. Um, like mission-based wave games are just tons of fun. I really enjoy them. So uh, I you was, should I play was... Warframe. Uh, Warframe has a, Warframe, Warframe right. has a lot of that in that too. Um, it's not every mission's like that, but like you know, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but like no, 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 no. It's it's no worries. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of other things that got announced here. Uh, did you see Man Eater? Yeah, uh, uh, like I, uh... I didn't actually watch it, but like it looks intriguing. Yeah, I was. It, this is kind of what I like about the PC gaming show is that it's like all the weird shit is in here. Um, so yeah, so Man Eaters, you play. It's like an it's a, an action RPG. It's an open world action RPG, according to them, uh, that where you play a shark. 
and like you're like hunting down and killing shit as a shark which is just like itself i'm just like what how does that even work i i don't i, I can't possibly fathom uh but i'm very interested to see what it looks like yeah especially if it's like an i like i could imagine like an action game but an action rpg implies that like it's i guess like diablo-esque like you level up and like unlock different types of sharks i guess mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlock better to oh, man i got legendary loot off that bather uh um yeah um i but like i think that's it for the pc gaming show really um yep next up was sony which you said you didn't watch i did not watch any of the sony one um fucking uh last of us 2 looks great always does uh uh looks really cool like i don't know what else to say about it but it looks i'm excited for that game um what's the other what are the other big ones oh we got to see some actual fucking death the stranding gameplay it still doesn't make any fucking sense apparently it's a delivery game or some bullshit <laughs> um uh but you know it's greater than nothing i guess um that game is like whatever I, i'm just gonna wait for for more to come out about that game because it just kind of it's it's still kind of what the fuck yeah um um uh, I think the real standout surprise was Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you should go watch this trailer. Um, just because it looks really fucking good. Like, it looks beautiful. And if they nail it, there's nothing announced about this game in terms of, like, uh, in terms of, like, release date or anything. But, like, they show some, like, gameplay where it's, like, a, part, a stealth game part, like, samurai duel game. Looks like it'd be right up your alley because I know how much you like the samurai stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks phenomenal and if they can maintain that into the actual game which again mango doesn't believe that anything at e3 is real um it will be uh, a real game changer but i think we're actually this is something i noticed about a couple different games that actually had like real gameplay is we're getting really close to actual straight up uh fucking uh like realistic graphics um and we're like hitting this like area where like most of it's good except like the lip movements are off so we're like really careening into the uncanny valley next three to five years are going to be are going to be uh like i think once we pass it we'll like have hit like like hard to surpass graphics in a lot of ways right um like kingdom hearts 3 for all i shit on it like looks like a pixar film at this point um especially on like the higher end hardware so yeah yeah uh so i'm i'm uh uh, it's and like I said, it really came to life in in this Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing. I'd encourage everybody at home to go watch that trailer too, um, just because it looks really cool. The other big thing to come out of it was stuff about the Spider-Man game. Um, I care comparatively little about Spider-Man, but it looks cool. It looks neat. It looks really neat. Um, it looks like it'll be fun. Like neat enough that I might get it. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it, Spider-Man doesn't make me excited. Um, but it looks like you got... Did you ever play any of the old Spider-Man games? Like, anything like... Um, not really. I'm not familiar with the memes. on the PS2 or anything? I know about the pizza shop meme. Okay. Um, um, but the swinging looks really good in the game. So, you know, maybe they got it right. Um, but uh, that was basically the entire Sony conference. Uh, and then the last big conference uh, was uh, Nintendo. 
which, uh, of course, was the greatest and will ever be the great. No, uh, it actually was a weird conference because um, it was like 70 to 80 percent Smash Brothers um, and very little else. I know a lot of people were disappointed. Um, I can't say I was disappointed because they kind of warned us about it. Um, but, you know, little bits of things. They announced new Mario Party. Um, I don't really care. Uh, but, uh, Smash, the big news out of Smash is that literally every character is, is, that has ever been in Smash is going to be in this game. Yeah. Um, uh, plus newcomers, uh, Splatoon, uh, kid, Squid Kids, Squib, Squibbles, whatever they're fucking called, um, announced, uh, or, uh, rather that was announced earlier. Um, Peach was announced as an, uh, not Peach, Daisy was announced as an Echo character. Um, my waifu, um, Echo characters, the other Echo characters being Dark Pit and Lucina being not really fully wholly new characters, but, um, but like sim similar enough to their main character that they, they, they get a special designation. Um, right. Um, and then the big stinger reveal was Ridley from the Metroid series, which has been a fan request for a long time. So that I remember cool. when we all thought Ridley was going to be in, um, brawl i think because like there was like a screenshot where somebody was using one of the items that like summoned a dude and it summoned ridley and everyone was like oh my god it's ridley he's gonna be in brawl and like yeah um, but i'm super fucking hyped for this game comes out in december looks really good i uh, know i love smash um and it looks like it looks like sakurai has finally decided i think that's who he is it's it's somebody sakurai um uh, has decided that it's okay for people to want to play this game competitively. It looks like it's somewhere between Melee and Smash 4. Um, so uh, I'm excited. Um, but uh, not a lot else came out of Nintendo. Um, uh, but that, that's pretty much everything that happened at E3. Um, do you have do you have do you, do you care about uh, Smash at all? I am not interested in Smash because I don't have any plans to get a Switch ever. So, you know, maybe I, if there was a console that I would buy, I think it might be the Switch at this point. Let's see. That's a good choice. Just because it's per, just because it's like portable, and that kind of gives it an extra edge um, compared to, you know, like a like an Xbox or a PlayStation, since I have an insanely powerful computer, and that's just like always going to trump those two. Um, but you know, I I am marginally. I was really into Smash when I was when I was kind of like in high school and college. Um, so the, the an, an idea that I could get back into it is not unfathomable, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know that that was uh, that was basically all of E3 um, in a rundown. Um, what like are, are, what what are the what are the highlights for you? What are the like what's your what's your overall takeaway from this E3? Like what are my favorite things? Yeah. Um, DMC Sekiro. Smash Ultimate, um, and probably, um, uh, what's the, uh, and, and probably goes to Tsushima. Uh, like, I got my eye on that one. Oh, and Satisfactory. Satisfactory just looks so neat. Yeah, Satisfactory is definitely my, like, big, big highlight. But also, you know, the announcement of Elder Scrolls Six is pretty, 
Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, we didn't actually talk about this because this all happened kind of like at E3, but not quite at E3. Uh, but there, a ton of new information got dropped about Total War Three Kingdoms. Um, oh, really? I, I wasn't aware. Yeah, it is insane the changes that they are making. So basically, like, you have your commander and then you have lieutenants. Um, and your lieutenants are kind of like the old agents or heroes in like in like Warhammer, right? But you as you don't assign units to your commander's army. You assign units to your lieutenants, right? So your commander is kind. There's kind of an extra layer now. Like there's your commander, then there are like the sub commanders, then there are the units themselves. Um, there's two ways to play: classical mode, which is very historical, and then romance mode, which is kind of more like Dynasty Warriors Eve, right? Um, and there's some cool stuff with that. Like, if your general sees another general on the battlefield, you can hit a button and they, like, run at each other and jump off their horses and have, like, a duel. That sounds like that sounds like everything I want. I'm, I know, I know, know, right? Isn't that the coolest thing you've ever heard? Um, and they have, like, these cool animations and shit like that. Um, and, uh, you know... There are these legendary, like, weapons and stuff. So, like, you know, so if I defeat, you know, like, Lu Bu or something, I can take his, like, uh, big dragon glaive, whatever that's called, um, and I can steal it, and then I have all of its stats and, you know, the fastest horse. The, the big siege battles are back, right, where the big, huge, huge, um, uh, like, multi-layered sieges um so you you know like you break down walls but you can come in from different directions right uh rome had some of like rome total war had some of this but um very famously this is like a huge complaint in like the total war fandom um that uh warhammer does not warhammer you just come at it from one side uh and it's pretty just like push um so so yeah, so that's that's three kingdoms. I guess I, unsurprisingly, that's probably my highlight um, of of E three because it's kind of one of it's funny because like the big developers that I like and that I trust the most don't go to E three like Blizzard and like Paradox. So I have to take it where I can. I have to take it where I can find it. Um, I feel like the big loser is EA. Obviously, they just kind of had like the worst. They just kind of had the worst. I'm pretty. I'm sure I'm in, in agreement in the sense that uh, with you that I think. Microsoft probably had the best showing just because, like, so much shit got announced at their panel. They were just, like, they didn't fuck around, you know? Um, Gear tactic, Gears Tactics is is uh, a big thing that I want to pay attention to, I think. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was E3. It's tough. It's tough because, you know, getting, getting, getting hype about E3 is always such a giant, like, letdown, so. Yeah, I, I think I feel you there. Um... But I don't know if we've got anything else to talk about with it. Yeah, so uh, so how was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, we didn't play any Hell's Rebels. So we're going to do that right after this, actually. Um, after we record. You, mm. people, people at home will have been able to see it. Um, what else did I do? Oh, something I saw earlier today that I want to highly recommend is I saw uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the the Fred Rogers documentary. Oh. Um, uh, did, did you grow up with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? See, my big one was, uh, like, I was Sesame Street and Thomas the Tank Engine. I okay. Was, I definitely watched a bunch of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but it wasn't, like, my chief, like, little, little kid show. Okay. It, it was a lot of, it was, Mr. Rogers meant a lot to me, and, uh, um, like, nostalgia hit me like a wave. Um, and I think it was definitely meant for people who were familiar with Mr. Rogers. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be, like, a, who was Mr. Rogers, you know, 
14 year old who you know wasn't alive when he was when he died mm -hmm. um uh but uh it was it was i thought it was incredibly touching um uh, i i got choked up a couple different times um man was like nearest thing to a saint on earth um wasn't perfect um like apparently he so it, it's it's so uh i don't know if you remember all the characters from mr rogers neighborhood um but one of the plot points of, of the documentary is like Mr. Rogers kind of went from being Daniel Striped Tiger to being uh, King Friday the 13th as he kind of, like, grew older. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of, like, the human characters, like, um, uh, the the black policeman, uh, Francois Clemens, I believe, uh, is... I forget if that's the character's name or, or his name. Um, but uh, you find out this really cool thing, right? Like, so it's, the, it's this episode, and Mr. Rogers is, is sitting in his yard... And he's got his feet in, like, this little pool, and he's, like, cooling his feet off. And then Mr. Clemens, the police officer, comes up, and he's like, Oh, how's it? Do you want to you wanna cool your feet off with me, uh, Mr. Uh, officer Clemens? And Officer Clemens is like, uh, I don't know. I don't have a towel. And he's like, oh, you can share my towel. And they sit, and they cool their feet off in the pool. Um, and this is against the backdrop of, uh, like, segregated swimming pools, right? Like, this This is Mr. Rogers. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, this, this show's been going on since, like, the 60s, I want to say, or at least, like, the, the first version of it. Um, he, like, uh, there's there's a point where, like, Daniel Striped Tiger asks um, one of the characters, like, what assassination means around the time of the Bobby Kennedy assassination. Mm -hmm. um, like, I didn't realize, like, how how, like, deep, like, you know, like, um, some of this stuff went, and like it, it's basically Mr. Rogers really believed that you needed to respect children and let them know that it was okay to express themselves and and help them deal with these like kind of things that like maybe you don't under like, maybe you've forgotten or maybe you don't understand that like children deal with um like you know like these things even if they don't understand them totally they still they it still affects them and and you need to kind of um. How, like you, like they need to they need to be like helped through these kinds of things um yeah. you know like you hear about it all the time and whatever it was um it was very touching um like i said like like i said he wasn't perfect apparently um like the the same guy um the officer was was uh, a gay man um and he was like uh, at like a gay bar and mr rogers told him he he couldn't go there anymore because he was afraid of losing sponsors um uh but then the guy also like two two minutes later was like uh, like apparently they said like Fred Rogers came around about it, and uh, and then he also the the guy also said like, um, that the guy that uh, Fred Rogers was the only person who ever said to him I love you just the way you are, and uh, that he considered him his like surrogate father. Um, uh, it's very touching, um, very good film, um, super interesting. Um, goes over some of the common myths like Mr. Rogers was not in fact a Navy SEAL and did not in fact have. Uh, uh, tattoos. He uh, wanted to go into the seminary. In fact, was ordained. Um, uh, even though he never really brought that out in his uh, uh, in his show, um, a lot was made of how he kind of embraced uh, the Christian ideal of love thy neighbor um, in a lot of ways. It's kind of like the most open version of Christianity. So it was it was it was a very good movie. I would highly uh, recommend it to uh, to everybody. Um, although it's it's you might have to wait to get it on DVD. It had a very limited release. Okay, fair, yeah, fair enough. Um, I am, um, I am, um, I'm interested, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, I feel like there's like a weird kind of like, I mean, it's funny because Rachel worked on uh, like a little kids television show like this one. Um, and, uh, but it was very like science focused. It was all about kind of like teaching kids like very basic like science. And so they had lessons on stuff like, you know, like drum, right? Like you hit a thing that is pulled taut and it vibrates and that makes sound, right? Or like shadow, you know, like. You, when when light is shining from a direction and that light is blocked by something, it creates a shadow. Like, extremely basic concepts. Um, and because when I originally, like, heard of the show, the show's called Tumbleweed. When I heard of the show and when I, like, understood the show, I was like, oh, so this is kind of like like Bill Nye. But no, it is, it is like, even lower, like, it is preschool-level stuff. Um so, yeah, I kind of wonder what, what it's like if I'm a kid and I'm growing up in, like, today's world. Like, because Barney isn't on the air, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Thomas the Tank... Into, I guess Sesame Street is now on HBO. Um, yeah. Um, although it's still available to PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, one of the points they hit on, just kind of on this kind of, like, basic science thing, is that, like, um, Fred Rogers was not a big fan of, like, normal television, but, like, he recorded a bunch... Like, he, he did the show for many years... For, for a number of years, and then he thought that they made enough shows that they could just loop them and he could do something else. And he did like an adult show for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but then like, like some kid got hurt because he jumped out of his window with the cape on because like, that's like how Superman was pre- portrayed. Right. Um, and so he came back to do like a week of like superhero, you know, like about basically through the lens of like, you know, like the land of make believe is make believe. Um, superheroes are make-believe, and you shouldn't jump out of your window. Um, and then that started off kind of like the second era of Mr. Rogers' shows, which was, like, week-long, um, kind of, uh, sets of shows on different topics, like, like, how to deal with, like, a, a death in the family, how to deal with divorce, like, all these, like, really deep topics that, like, you know, again, you wouldn't necessarily think is, like, a thing you'd show to children, but, like, that he firmly believed that, like, you, you need to, like help children through these things because it affects them even even if they if they're not um even if they can't fully understand it yeah i also went to the movies i saw oceans eight which was pretty good uh it was unfortunately worse than the other oceans movies because mostly because it didn't have steven soderbergh who i like quite a bit he's the guy that you know like directed those the oceans 11 12 and 13 um and the director here was just kind of a boring guy who was doing his best, like, Soderbergh impression. Um, but everything else about it was actually, like, really, like, fun and really interesting. And I am... Um, inter- and the thing that interests me a lot about Ocean's 8 is the kind of... Um, uh, is the kind of discussion around, like, it versus, like, the Ghostbusters thing. You know, like... The do like do you remember the Ghostbusters thing from like of course 20, yeah I mean like from 2016 <laughs> yeah and like I guess I I can't tell if like people already got out of their got it out of their system like the drama out of their system with the Ghostbusters remake or maybe like Ghostbusters was more of like a man thing I have no idea if it was like more male oriented and felt like more of an invasion um, but I also think to a certain extent like the Ghostbusters like cast and marketing campaign like it really turned into all being about like this sort of like political ideal um, and Ocean's 8 is actually more radically feminist Right, then Ghostbusters was. At the end of the day, Ghostbusters was pretty fucking tame about it. It didn't have a lot to say about, you know, like, feminism or any of that kind of stuff. But, like, the underlying subtext of 
Ocean's Eight. Like part like there's a point where they're talking about adding people to the crew, um, and uh, and they and they're going through names, and one of the names is a dude, and she's like, no, I don't want any dudes on this. And and her partner, the Kate Blanchett is kind of the Brad Pitt, and Sandra Bullock is kind of the Danny Ocean, the the. Um, George Clooney. George Clooney. Yeah, and she says, and she's basically so like the idea is that this is the you know like the theme of the film, right? But he's but she basically says no, I only want I only want girls on it because the point here um, is that it's subtle, right? Is that everybody ignores us and we're gonna take advantage of them because of it or whatever. And I was like, wow, that is a like a shockingly direct statement of like feminism right and in a, in a, like a mainstream movie like this and nobody's talking about it you know what i mean like like ghostbusters was dominating every wavelength of like twitter and facebook without any real substance to it and oceans 8 which has a ton of like you know like they literally say it in the movie right uh but everyone's just kind of like yeah whatever you know like who cares i, I think oceans 11 just isn't as iconic as ghostbusters in a lot of ways and like yeah like in in terms of like movies that you could read, like I also could, think it's because it's not a kids thing. You know what I mean? Like how many like I didn't actually watch Ghostbusters the movie until after I had seen the Ghostbusters cartoon show that ran for for forever. Uh, when I, I, I we were all little kids. I don't think that that's like I don't know, I don't know if I buy that, but uh, oh no, I mean like I I think that's. I definitely think that that's like I, that that that's real. I mean, I think Ghostbusters has this place kind of for like Gen Xers, right? Um, as being kind of one of those like funny movies from the '80s that they saw when they were teenagers or whatever, right? But I think for for people that are like our age, it also kind of has like a you know like by the time I was old enough to watch Ghostbusters, because it's kind of an adult, it's like a more adult movie, I guess. Than, than I might otherwise think about it. The cartoon show had been running for, like, a long time, right? And and even then, like, I bet I saw it younger than most people, like, the most, like, Gen X people did. I bet they saw it as teenagers, you know what I mean? And I saw it as, like, a 10-year-old. Sure, but I don't know if it feeds into this kind of, like, why people cared about it more. Um, I, I, th I think that, like, if I were to think about it, if you were to tell me that, like, like, Ocean's Eleven is not a movie that I kind of feel any way about it being remade or rebooted, right? Like, I think that like it's a it's a kind of like simple enough heist movie that isn't just like like kind of its its own like there there are movies that you can kind of like make in a genre that are kind of standard. And while Ocean's Eleven is a very good version of a heist movie, I don't think it's like like a distinct and iconic version of a heist movie. Interesting. Actually, that makes sense. I think it is a popular movie, but I don't think it's an iconic movie. In yeah. The that Ghostbusters is. Yeah. Um, um, and I think there's a lot of resistance to remakes of iconic movies in the first place. And I think like some of the, some of the anger about them being remade gets channeled in weird ways. Um, like, uh, like the, with the Ghostbusters movie, right? Like, if it had been an all-male remake, I think it would have seen a lot of the same kind of, like, they shouldn't be remaking this movie backlash. But, like, you know, like, the, oh, they're just doing it to cash in kind of gets morphed into, oh, they're just doing it because of, you know, like, political reasons when it's an all-female cast. Um, and so, like, the like the kind of, like, the, the mind share of the criticism. And also, that's the one that gets seized on because it's also the easiest one to kind of defend against blindly, right? Like, 
the like the, we, we saw this kind of recently with um with uh with 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 the uh, Kelly Marie Tran thing um where she went off Instagram. I think there's like it's it it is very easy and I'm not saying that this is this is always what happens, but it's very easy to kind of like ignore legitimate criticism and characterize it as as misogynistic attack if you can go down that route um and and, and kind of like lump every piece of legitimate criticism in, into that bucket um not that i'm like you know like i i think that i don't know i i, I didn't see ghostbusters so i can't really speak to if it was good or not but like i i think that there's like a, a lot of temptation there to like kind of try and sell the story that way that way you look you look less like Paul Feig, blaming it on misogynists makes him look less bad. If that move, when that movie's a flop, right? Like maybe it's because the movie's bad, maybe it's because of misogynists. But if he can pin it on misogynists, he doesn't have to like answer to a studio as to why your move, your last movie flopped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I get that. He has said publicly, um, to to his credit, this exact thing where he said, you know, the movie kind of became a political statement when it really should have just been a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, it should have just been a movie you go and eat popcorn to. Um, so, uh, he did not just blame it on the misogynist, though. I think it is a very easy... I, like, I get I get that. Like, it's it, that's an easy thing to kind of uh, to kind of fall into. I definitely recommend Ocean's 8 for people. Um, uh, my, I, I, I actually had no plans to go, but then Rachel was like, hey, I want to go see this movie. And I was like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, like, I drag her to I drag her to shit all the time, right? Like, very famously, she and I watched John Wick and the the David Iyer movie that I like a lot called Fury as kind of a uh, a double feature. And she really disliked both of those. She really, like, disliked both of those movies. And to this day, we actually argue about whether or not, um, uh, like, whether or not those movies are, uh, are good. But, uh... You know, so yeah, so I, I I saw Ocean State. That was that was my big thing, I guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I what, what games did I play this week? I played uh played some more Warframe. Um. Oh, I played uh through Kuso, um, uh, which is uh same people who did Love. It's like a it's a a, a, a tricky platformer with all like hand done uh, pixel art. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say hand done, I mean like it's not like a bunch of like uh, modules that are kind of like stacked together. It's it's very clearly like um, unique environments for each one. Neat soundtrack. If you like that kind of game, um, I would recommend it. Um, I think it was I think it was a lot of fun, um, but it was very short. Um, I also briefly played um, Realm Royale with with friend of the cast Monic. Um, Realm Royale being yet another battle royale game. Um, that is, uh, it's in alpha, it's like a fantasy, kind of, sort of, like, it's got, like, it's got kind of, like, similar gunplay to Fortnite, but, like, there's, you also play, like, one of four classes, um, and you have some movement abilities, and it's really rough around the edges, I was about to say people who did, who did Paladins by high res um, which, um, I also don't trust high res because they abandoned fucking, uh, tribes, um, but uh, it looks it, it's it's neat. It'll be probably be good in like six months, but it was a neat experience for a little while. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What what about you? You I have been playing an exceeding amount of Total War Warhammer. Um, you know this new DLC is just like 
kickstarted my 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 love of the game again and uh so so i'm currently rotating through four different games um which is typically like how i play warhammer right like i will start with um i will start with one and then the next time i boot it up i will start a new game and then i'll start a new game excuse me and then i'll start a new game um and the usefulness of that is that, like, I, I don't get that thing where I kind of get, like, too deep or too bogged down, you know what I mean, in, like, one repetitive. Because you know how it just kind of gets to a point where, like, you're sitting there and you have, like, your kind of basic doom stack and all of the battles look the same and you're auto-resolving a bunch and all this other kind of stuff. You kind of defeat that by switching up your... Um, uh, by switching up your, like, races so that I'm not playing, like, the same thing back to back to back to back. Um, uh... Because I have, you know, like, did I tell you about a Lithanar? No. Okay, so a Lithanar, who is the new free, uh, the free uh, high elf. Oh, Lord. wait, is, is this the one that doesn't have compatibility or whatever? Because you did talk about him last week. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that, he starts on, uh, he starts on Nagaroth, which is like the dark elf. Right, 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 um, yeah. But, like, his whole thing is kind of about, like, ambushes um, and, like, sneaking around. And he's, like, the rebel, he's, like, the high elf rebels, right, who, who resent that the dark elves took over, um, took over Nagaroth from them and have been, like, you know, like, surreptitiously fighting back. Um, and one of the cool things about them, and it's, like, the smallest gameplay change, right? But they gave him and his armies the ability to use the underway, right? Right. Uh, the, the same way that orcs, um, or dwarves, or wood elves, or beastmen, right? Like, they all get to use the underway, which kind of allows you to, like, teleport through terrain, um, to a certain extent. Um, but when you're using that in the kind of mountains of, like, western Nagaroth, right it means that you get to kind of do, like, the super cool, like, evasive hit-and-run tactics with your armies that, like, the, that the, the lore kind of encourages from you, right? So, like, you know, you, you zip over a mountain range, and then the next turn, attack and raise one of the, the Dark Elf settlements, and by the time they march their army close enough to attack you, you just zip back across the mountain range and they can't follow. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, like, just yeah. that alone is so engaging and fun to play. Like, holy shit. Um, but, that's a, but that's a really different way to play than the Tomb Kings, right? Um, who are the kind of, like, Egyptian guys with, like, big skeleton armies or whatever and i actually had to restart my tomb kings campaign because i was so bad at it um because tomb kings play very differently than basically every other faction in the game uh and also very differently than like my default like my default uh play style is i build up one doom stack um and then and then start building out kind of like smaller more niche stacks from there um and uh, but the tomb kings don't want you to do that they kind of want you to make like armies of junk and kind of overwhelm them with just like a bazillion fucking skelly boys. Um, and, uh, and so I had to, I had to kind of like refit my own thinking in order to get into, um, how I played, uh, uh, how I played like the tomb Kings or whatever. So I, but anyway, the moral of the story is I'm playing a ton of fucking like Warhammer. It's great. It's fun. It's the best. Um, I have no idea uh how how uh oh it has officially passed both warhammer one and europa universalis 
as my and Fallout 4. Wow, Jesus Christ, I have 156 hours in Fallout 4. As my third most played game on Steam. Oof. Um, after Civilization 5 and Payday 2, so. Yeah, and then the other thing that I was actually playing a lot of is FTL. Um, I, and I don't, I don't know why I just started playing FTL again. Um, but uh, did, uh, did have you played a lot of like FTL? Uh, I have played a fair amount of it. I think I beat it once, and then was kind of like, okay, I'm done with it. Yeah, I was actually really pissed because I I was playing, um, and the, and and so so I was playing right, <clears throat> and as I was playing. The, um, I picked up, like, two of, like, the melee guys, the mantises, right, who do a bunch of extra, like, melee damage, and a crew teleporter, and I was like, oh, well, this is cool, and so I built my whole strategy around teleporting onto the enemy ship, um, and, like, kicking the shit out of it, um, but when I got to the final battle, where you have to, like, beat the mothership, like, in three separate fights or whatever, um, I got really, I got really... Uh, I, I, the first, the first two fights were insanely easy because you just teleport your guys over there and they just like wreck house. Right. Right. Um, but then the third one, they put up one of those Zoltan super shields and you can't teleport the Zoltan super shield. Um, and I guess this is just like roguelike, you know, like this is just like roguelike shit or whatever. Uh, but I just didn't have the firepower to break the super shield to get, uh, to get to the other side before like the fucking mothership completely wrecked me. And I was really pissed about that because it was a really good run. Uh, and I had no idea what that third phase looked like because I've beaten the game before, but I must have beaten it like five years ago. So I didn't remember the specifics. Right, um, right. So, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, uh, did you ever Did you ever check out, um, what's the, 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 uh, the, the, me the mech game? That, that oh, I haven't actually. I have not checked out the mech game yet. Uh, um, what, what is it called? Why can't I remember? Into the Breach. Into the Breach, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's really all I played this week. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing else to talk about. You have anything else that you want to talk about before? We oh, are? you know what else I did is I beat Heroic Argus last night. Ooh, how did so, that go? yeah, I got, mm, I got ahead of the curve and my Violet Spellwing. It went pretty good. Um, we were, it was actually Agrimar that was harder, um, but I also think that we were, I, I apologize, any members of the Grim that are listening. I also think that we were using a really dumb strat. So, uh. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it was, uh, it was very cool. And it was a very, it was a much more, um, I guess, like epic fight because the tree is really underpowered in, um, in the heroic mode. Uh, you know, like the tree that you die and you like walk, run back to the tree and res yourself. So if any of the DPS die, they don't use the tree. Only tanks and healers use the tree. Okay. Um, and so that was cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, congratulations to to you. And Thank you. I'm I'm very close to. I I have a couple more mage towers to do. Um, and the mage tower is actually up, so I'll probably be working on that later tonight. Um, and then I have some of the mounts to go get. Uh, did you ever get the, the tiger mount that talks to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Ban, Ban Lu. I got that, like, uh, very early into when I came back. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Are you mostly playing Warframe now? Like, are you getting on to yeah, stuff anymore? I, have, I haven't gotten on in a little while, but I do need to because I do want to finish that rogue stuff before the expansion flip. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Yeah, I, 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 I did the Outlaw Rogue one. I, I, it, it's tough, but I feel like it's pretty doable. Um, so, yeah. I, highly, I highly recommend it if you want those like cool fencing blades. Yeah. Also, are you going to get the Tiger Fists for, for Billabong? Oh, you mean the... Uh... The which which ones are the tiger fists? The the uh, the mage tower or whatever. Oh, I already the... got those. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Is um, the fight hard? It's uh. So it wasn't too bad. It was a lot of kind of like keeping track of stuff. Okay. Um, look up a guide, and you want to have a couple of like hotkeys set for like targeting things and like being able to throw like uh like the 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 lightning at like the totems, um, which is not a thing you normally do. So it was kind of like a weird bit for it um mm -hmm. i also think that like having mag magnum opus really helped with a lot of that because i just didn't have to worry about health at all oh really. shit do i have that on i can't remember what my legendary because I, I i am working towards getting those but i think i have the jade lightning legendary and the okay. and the touch of death legendary which both seem pretty bad to me um, um yeah the jade lightning legend lightning legendary as, as i understand it really actually changes up how um the game, like how how the uh the, the game works basically for you, oh, really? uh well because you 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 start incorporating the lightning into your rotation, mm -hmm. um because like there's a reason to use it, um but other if if you don't have magnum opus all the thing you have to do is when you kill things, just pick up the fucking healing orbs, um they were less important like I needed to use them like a a, a bunch, um, uh but like magnum opus definitely was definitely a lifesaver. Um, so I'd recommend going in with that, if you can. Um, but uh, otherwise, it wasn't too terrible. I it took me a bunch of tries, but I also tried a bunch when I was at like eight ninety something, and then I just leveled. You know, did a bunch of like LFR raids and got my my eye level up a bunch, and uh, it was fine. Uh, once I, I like I had like it was much better when I was at like nine twenty nine thirty ish. Um, so that's my big recommendation for uh for 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 that okay yeah um but yeah um i think that's about all we have time for uh if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us what you thought of e3 or uh, of any of the other things we talked about the show you can reach us at podcast at some .com or some nervous play games at gmail.com you can follow us at twitch.tv slash some play games um you can uh write comments on youtube uh follow us on twitter uh not on youtube we're not we're, we haven't done a lot of youtube stuff but you can write comments on soundcloud and on itunes and rate us on itunes and we love it all um i think it's everything i had buddy do you have anything else that you wanted to promote i have nothing else that i am looking to promote in that case until next time dear listeners until next time loyal listeners